What's up and welcome to episode number four of AMA Advertising. I'm your host, Nathan Savage, and today I have a lot of really interesting stuff I'm going to touch on, ranging from how to market a podcast, how to market yourself as a musician, and a couple other things. But I wanted to start off with something interesting that I learned today. And I wanted to, I think this is going to be something I'll be doing the rest of the episodes moving forward. So I'll start each episode off with what I'm going to be considering a key marketing, sales, advertising, or analysis tip. And so this one is going to be covering the topic of relational sales. And what I mean by that is I have a quick little story. So a while back, JCPenney's made a quick change to what they were doing in their sales model. So I don't know if you've been to JCPenney's, but something they do often is they actually have sales going on all the time. They have random sales going on on an ongoing basis. They have all kinds of different discounts and percentages off and a variety of things. And what you're going to notice is it's literally everywhere that they have these discounts. Now, if you look at the actual prices of the the everything they're selling, the prices are actually inflated. And they're discounting off the inflated prices, bringing you down to the same price as if they were just selling it at a normal fair price. And so that's what they did for a very long time. And it built an extremely loyal fan base that loved going there. Um, All this changed when one CEO, I forgot his name, but there's a CEO that changed this and said, you know what? I don't want to be misleading people. I want to go to a fair priced model. So we'll do something to where we're not significantly cheaper than everybody. We're not more expensive than anybody. It's a completely fair model. And it was outrageous, the the feedback that they had. They lost hundreds of million dollars. I believe it was about 700 and upwards of seven to 900 million and revenue that year. And this was in the early 2000s. So it's a lot of money. And the CEO was fired and they moved back to the other model. Now, trying to understand why people freaked out about that, we have to understand that humans, for the most part, we are not rational. Uh, we want We want reasons to purchase things. So this is a model that works perfectly with Anything that's in e-commerce, especially for actual products, uh, it works well with services. If you go to a website like Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y, they do something extremely similar to this. They sell lots of courses at very cheap prices. Um, the biggest factor is it gets you to want to purchase fast. It's something, for example, if you have an e-commerce website, one thing I'd recommend is creating a funnel to where after someone sees you or after someone views one of your pages, after you get them pixeled or if you after you get them as a lead, create a 120 day plus process to remarket to them to get that first purchase, the second purchase and so on. Um, Taft shoes did this to me and it works extremely well. Um, what they do is the first month they give you this or whenever you sign up and the, the second, third month they give you this and this, and they keep giving you all these additional discounts. And when you go to the website, you know, things look expensive. Then you get this deal and you're like, Oh, I got this great deal on things. It's completely irrational. If we look at it, we're just spending money regardless. We're, we're even if we're spending the actual price of what they're worth. The big factor here is you want to create an anchor price. So they have that initial inflated price, which is the anchor, because most people don't understand the value of what they're buying. I mean, realistically, what's the value of a t-shirt? You know, if you just saw a t-shirt, what should a t-shirt be worth? Now, can you tell me why Supreme or Versace shirts cost 10 times to 20 times that? Most people can't answer that question. So pretty much overall, what we're talking about is understand how that can be used. 
Um, it's not manipulative. I don't believe it is. I think it's a great tactic to use. If you could serve people, if you're giving people great services, if you're selling just another widget or something along those lines, uh, it, it'll still work, but understand you're going to end up going out of business. You know, you need to be able to create something as a unique selling proposition. So moving on to the actual questions for the day. So question number one was, how can I market my podcast? You know, it's something similar to what I'm doing here. I think the first thing you need to do is reach out to people on Quora, uh, dive in deep to Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, look at Reddit, find any kind of community forums where you could answer questions from people, you know, go on Instagram, go on Twitter, find people that are asking questions related to what you're good at and then answer those questions and give them great feedback back. I think that's the best way to build authentic relationships. You know, if you're starting from scratch, you're either going to have to be able to be willing to spend five to 10 grand, potentially 20 grand and paid ads to get the attention, or you could do it pretty much where you bootstrap it, but it's going to take a lot of time and effort. You're going to have to choose a happy medium between the two. The next best thing I would say is distribute your podcast content across medium, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, create blog posts, um, take if something like my podcast is 20 minutes long, you know, you could chop it up to where you have lots of segments across all the episodes towards talking about one specific topic. You, know, you want to do everything you can to create this massive pieces of content, then distribute those everywhere, figure out what people like and keep giving them that you want to create content that's shareable. And that's how you create something that's quote unquote viral. That's how you get people sharing it like crazy. That's how you build a strong audience, a strong tribe. And that's how you kind of find your thousand people to uh, to build your business around, your, your thousand true fans. And so I'd say that's the biggest step. Um, moving on to question number two for the day, it's how to market yourself as a musician or a music producer. Now, I think this is going to be, I'm going to address this as a very grassroots uh, message. So I'm a big fan of hip hop and rap. And one one thing that came to my mind was um, 50 Cent Story. So I read a book called The 50th Law. It was written by Robert Greene, and it kind of goes through 50 Cent's life. And another example to use is Nipsey Hussle, but I'll bring up that in a second. But pretty much what they were doing is the entire time growing up, they were doing everything they can to get as, ex- as much exposure as possible. They would do anything that they could. They would hand out CDs for free. They would go do free shows. They would do anything they can to get themselves in front of people. I know a new rapper that's kind of popping up from the West Coast of the United States. His name's Blueface. One of the things he did is he would pull up the high school parking lots and do little free shows during lunch and after school and stuff like that. That's what it takes. Um, if you're wanting to be successful, especially in music, something that's so competitive as a producer, you're going to have to do everything you can. You're going to have to spend a lot of time contacting people that don't want to hear from you. You're going to have to do a lot of stuff to where you're going to have to reach out and get yourself known. So if you're a musician or a producer, let's start with some three practical steps. The first thing I would say is contact podcasts, um, YouTubers, and other content producers or creators. Offer to share your music with them for pre-roll, B-roll in their content. Um, Offer to create special music for them. I know Gary Vaynerchuk, if you rap about Gary Vaynerchuk and talk about how he's inspired you or done some amazing work you're more than likely going to be featured on his uh on his blog and that's one way to get in front of a couple hundred thousand if not a million people 
And that can be a big break for you. It'll take a long time to create something that's, that's of value that's actually worth sharing, but that's what it's going to take. Um, last thing I'd say is contact fans of the music genre on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, other other social platforms. Maybe Reddit, maybe Quora. What I would do is I would look up the hashtags of that specific industry. I would look up the biggest guys in that industry. You know what you think your music or your your music relates the most with, and find fans that kind of cross those lines and are are kind of uh, go back and forth between what you're doing. You know, everything is going to be very grassroots. It's all going to be lots and lots of actual time spent. So every minute that you have to where you're not doing anything, you should be on your phone contacting people, doing things along those lines to try to build up organic relationships. And I like to think about it this way. It's not about the relationship you build today. You know, 10 minutes that you forgot to do today or 10 minutes you did today isn't going to make a big difference. But that consistent work, See, even here, I'm recording this episode at 11.05 p.m. right now on a Monday. So that consistent work day over day over day over day over day continued for six months to 12 months to 24 months to 36 months. That's when you start to see an actual difference. So don't think about it in in terms of you on a daily basis, but think about it. This is going to be something you're going to have to do for a very long time. And odds are you're not going to blow up until year four or five or much, much later. And that's for a good thing. Most people that blow up fast, they end up pissing it away. You know, you blow up fast, you don't know how to handle it. You don't, and you see this in businesses, specifically on Shark Tank. You have businesses that go on there and they don't have the infrastructure in play for after when people start placing orders and they actually bankrupt the business. They can't afford the inventory to send everything out. So I'd say that is the best bet. I would be doing tons of contacts pretty much and then sharing your music as much as possible. So I'd say reach out to every podcast person you know, reach out to every YouTuber you know, reach out to every content producer you know to offer to have it in their background and maybe put your signature in the bottom right of the video or mention yourself in somehow. So that's what I would do if I was a musician trying to market myself or a producer. So next best thing is how much does it take to advertise a new business? So this isn't necessarily a brand new business. It's a business that's kind of starting to want to advertise. Realistically, you're looking at ten dollars to $50,000, and that's going to be spent over one to three years, um, preferably in one year. It's going to take a very large budget, and it's not crazy. That's just what it's going to require to get yourself seen, to get your message across, and to become somewhat memorable. Uh, one problem I've noticed big time is people thinking that Facebook ads or ads in general are a walk in the park. The reality is they aren't. You're not going to turn on an ad campaign and spend 500 and make 750 immediately. <laughs> Excuse my yawning. That's just not how it works. For you have success in ads, you have to understand, you know, what's your budget going to be once you start having success can you scale that budget up and still maintain the same results? What are your different audiences? What are you testing? There's a million things that are going to be going on. Now, this isn't to turn you away. This is to give you a realistic expectation. And if you can't afford to do those things, then maybe you should look into working for somebody. It's a little harsh, but the reality is you're going to have to grow your business. And if you can't afford to advertise a market, your business, if it's not going to be growing, it's going to be shrinking. Ultimately, what's going to happen is someone's going to be taking that market share. You have to learn today how to start marketing and advertising on every search platform, on every social platform, 
um, in every content way possible. You have to start doing it before it's too late. Let's go ahead and mock this next question kind of ties into that. How important do you, how important is it to you that a company has a social media presence and why? I think it is extremely important because any before you go buy the majority of things, you look at social media stuff. So when people used to only go look at websites, now people will go through and look at social media to kind of see their product lines or, you know, learn about the individual, especially if it's course related or service related in terms of um, coaching or anything along those lines, you get to learn about that individual. So I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Whenever I'm looking at a gym, I go look at their Instagram to kind of figure out, you know, what is this coach about? I'll go look at their YouTube to see if they have any trainings. Look at their Facebook for reviews. I want to see what messaging they're putting out. What do they value? I want to be learning all of those things. And so you should be you should be explaining those things, right? So like um, I'm a watch company that produces watches for young professionals that are 25 to 30 years old that they're single they but they have money they want to use it as a status symbol it's specifically for those individuals who have the importance of wanting to be a higher status individual you know sometimes that's the biggest factor you know you have to know exactly who you're targeting and why this social poster we put up today will give them some value it'll either entertain them or it'll give them some kind of education, you know, entertainment, education. Those are the three things or the two things you need to be worrying about. Is this an entertainment thing or is it an education thing? Now, last question before I wrap up for tonight is, are landing pages better than Facebook lead forms? So if you run any Facebook ads, you'll notice there's these things called lead forms. Most people that are running lead forms, I've seen it mostly with the uh, things related to real estate. So pretty much you click the ad, and there's a form that pops up and Facebook autofills all your information. So Facebook keeps the information. You export it from Facebook to a spreadsheet of some sorts to contact the individuals. Now, when you use a landing page, it's an actual, uh, it's a single web page that's designed by the software of some other sorts. And it's a, it's kind of like it's, it's an actual page to tell you about what you're kind of signing up for. With the form, it's very straightforward. It's immediate. Um, I'd probably see the form is best in certain circumstances and the landing page is best in most circumstances where you want to tell a little bit more of a story. If it's something to where it's kind of realistically, I think real estate's the best bet for using that form. Anything else off the top of my head, I can't think of, but I can address it in future episodes. For the most part, I'd recommend for almost everybody to use the uh, a landing page of some sort. It's short and simple if you're not an expert at it. But it doesn't need to be too crazy, but you want to make sure it's something to where you can tell a story about what they're about to get, educate them, entertain them, um, tell them about who you are and who they're going to become working with you or whatever they're purchasing. So I hope that gives you a decent amount of information. That's wrapping up for episode four of AMA Advertising. Stay tuned for tomorrow. Um, I have a lot of great information coming for you, and I think I'm going to be starting a uh, probably an hour to an hour and a half episode every week where I'll probably take a few of these things or I'll take one subject and go in a lot more depth. I want to be able to give an actual training every week. So stay tuned for that. And if you have any questions, again, feel free to email me at nathansavage at gmail.com or realistically, you can probably just text me or you can reach out to me on Facebook messenger. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon.